Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 180 of the Booney Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. Support for today's episode comes from Erin Condren, a lifestyle brand known for creating fun and functional organization essentials for the home, office, and everything in between. You're able to get some high quality planners and notebooks to custom organizers, dust accessories, and more. And as a Boonie Breakdown listener, you can receive $10 off your first purchase of $40 or more by using the code RAYKU1010. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N-1-0. Details on how to purchase can be found in the show notes and on thebooniebreakdown.com. All right, guys, welcome to this week's episode. This is a fun one. Um, Our guest this week is Tamarisk Locke. She is a boundary enthusiast and author of You Got Me Fucked Up. (laughs) Uh, We have a great conversation about learning how to set boundaries to protect your space and your own mental peace. Um, I tell how I found her because the title of her book is so aligned with Responsible and Ratchet. I just knew I had to have her come on and talk about boundary setting. I know we've we've tapped on it in a few episodes, but we never had an episode solely dedicated to this topic. So stick around for the conversation. All right, we're going to hop into pick of the week. Uh, this week, my pick of the week is I finally had a chance to finish um, High on the Hog, How African-American Cuisine Transformed America on Netflix. It was a really good watch. I really didn't know what to expect from it, but I think it was beautifully shot um, in how they weaved in black culture um traditions that we still have in place and and how they came from West Africa through the ancestors and and survived all that we went through it just showed even more ways that our people are resilient beautiful brilliant innovative it was dope and I think I talked on here in a past episode about how I'd went to Monticello for to visit Thomas Jefferson's estate and they talked about the story I think I shared the story about his cook but in one of the episodes they go into the story of James Hemming and how he's like solely responsible for macaroni and cheese <laughs> being a popular dish in America and a soul food staple. So if you have a chance, it's like four or five episodes. They're really good watches. And I would give the series a A plus Booney's stamp of approval. All right. Housekeeping. There are only three episodes left in season nine of the Booney Breakdown podcast. That's right. I finally set a date. Season 10 will start on August 23rd. So yes, we're going to take like a six week break in between seasons. And we'll be back. Mark your calendars now Monday, August 23rd for season 10. Also, last week was a very popular episode. Um, Some of the feedback, (laughs) y'all was ratchet in some of y'all feedback. But last week we had um, a really ratchet episode with Orlando Roy of Hard or Soft Podcast. I like a little dick with a little bit of curve. Um, Someone said, Boonie, this was great. It was interesting to hear a male's voice on the podcast that was not the homie KG or our problematic fave, Brian. I appreciate it and hope that you will have more male guests in the future. So if you have not listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back. Also, if you did not know, there are extra uh, minutes of that episode and the video content is over on our Patreon page. So if you're not a member of Patreon, you can head on over to patreon.com backslash the boonie breakdown and join up. It's only $3 a month is the cheapest one, but there are different benefit levels. Yeah, it's different benefits available for depending on the level that you sign up. So head on over. We have fun. It's a group chat, which is available to everybody. 
and they be cutting up in that group chat. <laughs> so again, you can head to patreon.com backslash the boonie breakdown to join. And if you are not following us on social media, or if this is your first time listening and you're not sure, we're on Instagram and Facebook at The Boonie Breakdown. We're on Twitter just at Boonie Breakdown. And when sharing this episode, you can be sure to tag us. You can use the hashtag The Boonie Breakdown, the hashtag pod in P-O-D-I-N. You guys have also been killing it, leaving some of the five-star reviews. So you can do that too in the Apple Podcast app or head on over to our Facebook page and leave a wonderful five-star review. I appreciate them so much. All right, guys. So that is it for me. So let's get ready to break it down. All right. Hey guys, it's your girl Booney. And this week's episode I'm excited for because I always love when I find great dope people to interview off of social media posts. So I would like to welcome Miss Tamara Skalak to the podcast. Welcome. Hey guys, thank you for having me. It's funny how I found you. My friend shared a post of yours on Facebook and I saw the name of your book. You got me fucked up. And I was like, click. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like the perfect person to be on my podcast. (laughs) So you describe yourself as a boundary enthusiast. What does that mean? That means that I just believe in boundaries across the board with your family, with your children, um, co-workers, strangers. It even helps with strangers, people you've never met. Just having healthy boundaries within yourself and implementing that it makes life so much smoother and easier. Yeah. So like, just for people to start back, because I feel like it's such an interesting concept for some people to be introduced to, because you don't know, you don't know that you can have a different way of life until you know, you can have a different way of life. So in your definition, what is a boundary? A boundary is a standard that you have for how you would like others to treat you. So quick example, you get in an argument with your mate. You don't like the fact that they raise their voice. Easy boundary. You know what? When you decide to raise your voice in this conversation, then the conversation is over until we can talk to each other. Boundary right there. Easy, quick. And and it makes you it addresses how you feel with that other person. And I think I like how you pointed out very easy. It's not this drawn out. Well, let me not say that. Sometimes it can be. Sometimes it can be. (laughs) But for the most part, just treating people how you or asking people to treat you how you want to be treated can be a very simple thing. But I do think it takes a level of courage to do that. Yes, which is why in boundaries, I like to address it doesn't always have to be no. It doesn't always have to be harsh and in your face. It doesn't have to be saying you got me fucked up. It can be subtle like, hey, you know what? I know we like to watch these type of movies, but since the kids are in the room, let's watch something else. It's a way of saying no, setting a boundary, but it's not harshing in your face. It's with love and respect. What was your aha moment that you needed boundaries in your life? Like, <laughs> what was going on that you were like, they got me fucked up? <laughs> so there were several, but there were a couple that just really stuck out because I was a people pleaser at once. I was like, you know what? These motherfuckers are going to die one day and I'm still going to be out here not living my life because I mm-hmm. lived it for them. But then I realized now that I have children, when I would get in the shower, it seems like that was everybody's question time. 
everybody got questions when I get in the shower from my man on down to the kids. And I had to say, you know what? I know you guys may not be aware of this, but every time I get in the shower, you guys have questions. Can you wait until I get out? It's not an emergency. Can you go ask your dad and even tell my partner like, hey, your questions can wait. Can you don't want to get in the shower and shit in peace? Can, can I have that? But for moms, that's looked at as a luxury when no, I, I should be treated like everybody else in the household. Look, I'm not a parent, but I know it's some mothers listening to this saying hallelujah, amen. Because I always see the memes going around where it's like, it's something about the bathroom where mothers are attacked in the bathroom. (laughs) It is. It really is. And even my four-year-old now, I've gotten her to the point where I have a boundary. If she sees me in the bathroom, oh, mommy, do you need a moment? And she'll close the door back and she will leave. I love that. Now, how did that... At four, she knows that. Like, how did how long did it take for you to, and I want to say train, but to get her used to understanding um, that mommy is in the bathroom and she needs her moment? First, I had to realize that, like, I never go in the bathroom by myself. And so mm. then she would ask for privacy, like, mom, can you give me a moment? I was like, you know what? If my four-year-old can ask for a moment, she was three at the time, why am I still going through this? So now it was like, hey, I'm in the bathroom. Can you wait? And then it took a couple weeks of just repetition because mm-hmm. she would always follow me to the bathroom. This is my time. Like, can you get out? Your questions can wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so like in your discovery process of just even the bathroom, how would you recommend to other mothers listening to be like, they, they feel you, they connecting right now. Like, sis, Ooh. I need them people to leave me alone. So what would I you would say, say to them? Like this. Being a mom does not mean being on call all the damn time. No, you are a woman first and then you are everything else after. You are the priority. So yes, something as simple as going to the bathroom and having that moment. It might take a minute to train the kids, but you're also teaching them healthy boundaries with themselves and that, hey, you're not always easily accessible, even though you're my mom. So Mm. it's it's learning and growing ourselves, but it's also teaching our little people like, hey, this is how you can operate through life, you know? So you might have to close the door for a second and they're going to cry a little bit if they're younger, especially if they're younger, but three minutes of peace on the toilet instead of somebody <laughs> pulling the tissue out, pulling shit from under the counter, pulling your leg. It's worth it. Yeah. I love it. Um, you, we, we mentioned earlier about boundaries um, in all types of life. And you just explained one with motherhood. I think right now with COVID um, and in this post COVID world, as I do air quotes for those listening, <laughs> yes. um, I feel like the the lines of boundaries have been blurred. We've been in the home for an extended amount of time. Um, people like myself, I don't want to go back to an office. So work is home. Um, it, it, for people who are struggling now as we return to normalcy, what are your thoughts around kind of as we return, this is a good time to implement yeah. new boundaries? It is because it's almost like a reset button. And I'm seeing and experiencing that COVID and everyone being at home. I know a lot of people have talked about it, but the audacity levels Mm. of people and their their comfort level to just disrespect you in general 
it is at an all time high. And I made a joke the other day. I don't know whether y'all been in the house too long on a mascot y'all tripping, but <laughs> <laughs> this ain't where it's at. Go find you something to do. Yeah. I, it is wild watching. Um, even on the internet, the, the, the way people think they have access to you. Yes. And it's, and it's funny, even as I'm building this brand in this community, I have to input boundaries there as well. Cause it's like, yeah, we fine. We could kiki, we could laugh over some memes, but you also have to remember, I'm not your friend. Yes. Yes. I literally with putting this book out, I open myself up to literally millions of people and the few that are impatient, you know, you're going to get those, but one was even more comfortable enough to be like, Hey, I hadn't received a tracking number yet. You got me fucked up. Please send now. <laughs> and so that borderline of, cause I worked a lot of customer service before I've worked mental health before. And I was like, you know what? This is why I work for myself. So I don't have to deal with this. So I was like, yes, you do have me fucked up. You didn't have the shipping <laughs> policy refund issue now, just period. Because I reserve the right to refuse service boundary. Boundary. <laughs> simple but that is you crazy yeah it's like you have access and it's just really i think the internet gives this false sense of um security because there's something between you and i so you can't yeah. physically touch me or harm me and because you do sit on your phone we sit on our phone and social media way more so you do develop a relationship with people and it's like Girl, where my book at? <laughs> you got me fucked up. Send it down. Yeah, but my thing is, and I had to remind a few people like, hey, the title of the book was not for marketing. The title of the <laughs> book was because this is who I am. This is what I live. Now, depending on our, our relationship, I might not tell you, you got me fucked up per se. You know, we're going to have a conversation a different way. But for the ones that come really sideways, no, you got me fucked up. <laughs> Look, you might not have done it for marketing, but it is the perfect title for a boundary book. I thought, like, it literally seriously, it stopped me in my tracks, and I was like, ah, send a message. Um, <laughs> so, why do you think boundaries are so crucial for self care? Because oftentimes without those boundaries, we stay stuck in situations way longer than we should. We stay stuck in jobs where we're not respected because, oh, we should be thankful we have a job. We stay in relationships longer than expected. Oh, because nobody understands him or her or they or whoever like I do. Oh, I'm staying for the kids. Absolutely zero, not do not do it. We mm -hmm. deal with family members just because, oh, that's your family. Be thankful you got a family. But you miserable every time you talk to them and you end up in the house crying. No, that's that is not a healthy life. Yeah. And I feel like of and, and, and not to put one over the other, but I feel like in my experience, the hardest one for me to implement boundaries with was family. Mm -hmm. because of that mentality like this is my mom or this is my brother so I mm -hmm. like you feel this obligation to just accept the relationship as presented the most intimate relationships are usually the hardest to implement boundaries because they have so much access to you so it takes time and most times for what I've seen those that really respect you and care about you because family members can 
absolutely not respect you, but those that respect you and care about you, they get on board mm-hmm. and they respect your wishes of, Hey, could you not call me this nickname or Hey, can you not speak to me in that tone when we talk, you know, and it takes practice. It does. I'm not part of the cutoff culture. Cause everybody want to cut everybody off now. <laughs> <laughs> everybody just want to cut them off and be done. Now. Yes. Some people absolutely need to be cut off. However, others, sometimes they're just not aware. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and, and I think I've taken that approach too. It's like sometimes people don't even know the behavior that they're mm-hmm. doing that is causing you, mm-hmm. you know, pain or what have you. And so I, this is me going to therapy. I learned that in order for me to implement some of my boundaries, I have to say I. In the point you used earlier, that was me in relationships. I grew up in a house of domestic violence, so. When someone I'm in a relationship with yells or raises their voice, that triggers me to a place I'm not going to. And so I have to say very clearly, we're not going to do this. Like, I'm not engaging with you. Um, But I've even had other relationships where I've had to speak up and say, when you feel like you just don't want to communicate or you don't want to do something that I do and you are like not responsive, then that triggers the abandonment part of me where it sends me into a bad place. So I'm going to ask that if you can do this. And I feel like sometimes some people take it as, okay, great. Thank you for giving me like the blueprint on how to deal with you. And then some people don't believe you. (laughs) Yeah, They want to test the waters. Mm -hmm. Like, no, yeah. Like, no, you don't mean it. You don't want me to. No, I do. I do want you to tell me because when you don't, then I go to a bad place. So I'm asking you not to just say, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it won't hurt my feelings. I promise. And this is the part I just love so much about it because in setting boundaries for others, it holds ourselves accountable because we could be that person. We're, we're the toxic person. We're the one that's always cracking the jokes, but we really slick. Hey, and we could be that friend that's always taking advantage of the other friend. We could be that family member. So it's not only about just putting the blame on pointing the fingers at others. It's about self-accountability. And okay, how do I play a role in this? Mm-hmm. And that's like, I, I always just want to op- operate at my optimal self. And so I, I too can be toxic. I know when I'm going to a bad place and so it could be something that's small that just triggered me. And now I'm this person that you're like, Oh, I know you was like that. Well, something happened and now here I am. <laughs> yeah. And so it is, it is hard to have some of those conversations sometimes. So as like, as you feel like life evolves, do you feel like people should be prepared to have their boundaries evolve? So it's like, you you know, I'm single. Then one day I might be a mother. I might be married. Boundaries might look completely different. Yes, they are always going to change because my single boundaries are definitely different as my mother boundaries, um, different than my friendship boundaries. So and as I'm growing, they're going to continue to change because I'm going to need different things to fill my cup and be true to myself. And as you grow, there are going to be less things that you're not so forgiving of, because at this point, eh, why are we still having this conversation type thing? So they're always going to change and grow. But I think just having them general is a good foundation to just always, you know, have your space at ease to make sure you have that safe space. So somebody listening is like, you know what, 
I'm nodding my head. I, I'm feeling everything Ms. Locke is saying, but I don't even know, like, I just don't even know how to start. What would be the first so, thing you would tell that person to do? Starting is what transgression or what happened to make you feel the way you feel. So my uncle called me this nickname. I just really don't like, okay, that's the action. Now address how it makes you feel. Now address what you would like to happen. What would you like to happen? Let's say, okay, you want him to stop calling you your name, that name. All right. What's the plan of action? You would have a conversation. Um, How would you now enforce it? So since you decided to call me this name until you can call me my name that I like, um, I won't come around. And, you know, you, you give some chances, you come around. And if it happens in conversation, you the name calling, you know what? I'm going to leave now because now I'm uncomfortable. I'll be back when you decide to address me by my name. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I'm like, I like that. Because you, you don't even know, like, <laughs> I saw on Instagram and somebody had told a story, something similar of this childhood nickname. And, you know, we got to talk about Black people. I love my people, though. But they will yes. give you a nickname off of one of the most insecure traits or something that you're very yes. insecure about. <laughs> and then it sticks with you for the rest of your life. And they never stop calling you that. And so that's actually one of the examples I put in the book, because I know in our culture, nicknames are given, like you say, off the biggest insecurity. And we just go with it because that's family. Mm-hmm. And we never say anything. We just suck it up. But every time they say it, we're now reliving childhood and we're uncomfortable. Yeah. So you just gave somebody the, the the tips on how to address it. If you're somebody who's like, I know what the boundary wants to be, but I just have trouble enforcing it. Like, I really just don't know how to keep these boundaries in place. What do you say to that person? You sit with yourself. You spend some time with yourself and now figure out where I would say the lack of confidence is stemming from to be able to speak up for yourself because mm-hmm. it is your absolute God given right universe, whoever it is you pray to, to be respected. That's, that's just ground zero. And there is no reason that you shouldn't have basic respect mm-hmm. from those around you. So finding that voice to just be able to even speak up. Sometimes that might take therapy. That might take going to therapy before you can enforce some boundaries. And that is absolutely okay to call in reinforcements. Mm-hmm. Um, it might take some journaling. Like there's no right or wrong way. It's just, okay, where is this feeling coming from where I feel I don't have a voice to ask this person to give me basic respect? That's all a boundary is, asking someone to respect you in the way that you you would like. Yeah. And I like that the word respect keeps coming up because I feel like that's a word I I was just thinking back to even in my my therapy sessions. Like, I don't think I've heard that word uh, mentioned a lot, but at the core of what I was going for, I wanted people to respect my goals. I wanted them to respect my time. I wanted them to respect my money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that was, now I'm sitting here like, but I was, now that I'm looking back, I'm like, not once did that word come up, but it respect. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's what it is at the at the very core of it. So yeah. <laughs> if you're people who are in um, 
you said you mentioned you were married. Did I yes, make that up? Okay. Yes. A fiance. Okay. Yes. So you meant you're partnered. For people who are partnered, who are cohabitating, all of those things, how is it hard? Do you find it, was it hard initially to ask for space for your boundary with your partner? It is, it is work. A good relationship is work. So y'all please stop relationship goals on these pictures that y'all seeing because <laughs> it's a picture five seconds. Now, you may know them personally. They may have the absolute great relationship, but it's five seconds. It's a picture behind the scenes could be completely different. But a good relationship is absolutely work. Um, It's learning how to, I would say, disagree fairly. I don't want to say fight fair, but disagree fairly. He has his boundaries. I have mine. And it's bringing those together because we're individuals first and then we're a couple. And we're going to always be growing as individuals. So we have to recognize that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's work. <laughs> it's work. It's work. Um, and, and, and as we, we always talk about the, the healthy side of stuff, what are some examples of unhealthy boundaries in a relationship? Unhealthy boundaries? I would say having zero, having no boundaries, um, letting the person treat you however, just for the sake of having a partner that allowing them to talk to you, however, having sex, just because you feel you have to, because that's your partner or because you're married, it's your duty. Uh, it's still your body. No matter what gender you are identified with, it's still your body. You have the right to say, you know what? No, I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not an obligation, you know? So I would say having no boundaries and just going with the flow just for the sake of having someone in the home. Yeah. That, that could be the worst boundary. And it just, it's, you know, I feel like um, people put this undue pressure on themselves to be partnered because you feel like everybody's partnered and I'm the only one out here who has to have anybody. And to your point, you don't know what these people are going through. <laughs> don't know what they're going through and sometimes it's absolutely better to be by yourself because do you even know what you like are you Mm -hmm. happy by yourself do you date yourself do you enjoy your own company if the answers to those things are no how are you going to be with another individual because now you're putting the pressure on them to be your focal point of happiness yes and that's a very unrealistic expectation do you think it takes a confident person to have like firm, healthy boundaries set up in their relationships, whether it's work, family, romantic? Um, I think confidence does play a part. Confidence is more, you know, kind of plays back into just loving yourself. I know we hear self-love a lot now, but it's it's real. I think just loving yourself plays a part in how you allow others to treat you. So once you sit with yourself and you realize what you want for yourself and you treat yourself a certain way, then that radiates out into your relationships. Yeah. And so (laughs) it's great. You're going to set up boundaries and we mentioned this a little earlier, people are going to try it. They going, they going to touch the boundaries. And so what do you do when people keep trying you? <laughs> Cause they got you fucked up. <laughs> but what do you do when they just keep constantly trying and they're just not giving you the respect to what you're, you're asking them to do. 
that is then on you to decide what do you want to do with that relationship? Because if it's a repeat offender, you may just want to cut them off completely or you may just want to deal with them once a year. That is completely your choice and up to you. But then you have to decide, okay, next step, because I've created the boundary. I notified the other person of the boundary. I've tried Mm -hmm. to enforce this boundary in this person. Honestly, they just don't respect you enough Mm. to you know, care about your boundaries and where you're growing in life. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's not their job to care about you. It's yours. See, and I think that is a hard sticking point that a lot of people struggle with mm-hmm. is that at the end of the day, people don't care, right? Like you, They're you going to kill to your level. Yes. And it's like, you want to hope and believe that everyone around you cares so much about you. And some people do, but for the most part, like everybody has their own shit going on. So they, they care to a, de- a degree, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's a hard pill to swallow. So, And that's why you have to defer, uh, be able to tell the difference between who genuinely cares about me. And is I see them trying to respect my boundaries and making the change and they're putting in the effort and who just don't give two flips mm-hmm. and they only care about what I can do for them. So mm-hmm. they're just continuously sucking and taking. Mm. Yeah. I think that's one of the, um, one of the things that I've learned about as I'm going through this process is and maintaining healthy boundaries is that like, some people do fall to the wayside and it's not because ill intent or, you know, but it's just like when you start to get hyper-focused on your piece that you can only give so much of yourself to certain amount of people, (laughs) like you're going to spread yourself so thin. And so it's not that these relationships or these people mean any less to me. It's just like, I just can't cultivate all of these at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you, We have to be okay. Once we're setting boundaries and growing and moving throughout life, we have to be okay that everybody's not going to go along that ride. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Whether they cut themselves out and fall to the side or you make it known like, hey, you know what? This relationship isn't healthy. I just can't deal with you no more. You're going to lose people along the way. Mm -hmm. And you got to be okay with that. Yeah. Mm. I, th- I think it's just such a nuanced topic because it's like, it is. Y- you're trying, ultimately you're responsible for yourself mm-hmm. and you're trying to keep everyone, you know, <laughs> you want to keep them. Yeah. It's like, you're trying, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like, if you're just really going to be focused on your peace and your care and self-respect, everybody can't be there. And this is the best way I know how to put it. If your bag is full, I love Erica Badu bag lady. If you were full of all these bags and this weight and these people who disrespect you and they can love you and still not respect you, but you Mm -hmm. have all of this going on. Where are you leaving room for the individuals that hold you to a higher standard that genuinely care about you? That's that can help you along the way and reach out a hand and respect your boundaries. Like the two it's very hard for them to coexist together. Mm-hmm. So what do you want for yourself? What do you want for yourself? And I think this goes back to something you said earlier in the episode. You know, if, if you're listening, you know, I'm not an expert, but I think a good starting point is writing down what, what you need. Like mm-hmm. where, what's lacking in your life and what do you need to fill that void? 
And I bet you your boundaries might start to look a little clearer. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do I want for myself? I want to do yoga before I go to work today. And I'm going to listen to some meditation music on the way. And then I want to make sure I eat a healthy lunch. And I want to be able to shrug off negative comments or email responses I've gotten from bosses and not feel anxiety when my mom calls me. So Mm. these are the things that you wrote down that you need. So now how will I get these things? Yeah, because I think that I've shared this example on the podcast a gazillion episodes ago, but I was in a point with my family that I had to tell them, like, look, y'all, y'all about to bankrupt me, right? Like, physically and monetarily. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm about to, I almost am at the point where I have nothing left to give you guys, tangible or intangible. And that's a very hard conversation to have, you know with multiple members of your family to say, look, this is, this is over. This is stopping now. But I will say on the other side of it, I'm glad that I did it because now we have some thriving relationships. I feel like relationships were a little restored after this boundary was set up for me. Um, Even the way people, things are asked of me. I'll say now they're asked before was just give, I need not can you assist me with blah 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 do you have the capacity to do xyz <laughs> so even and the I way like they talk that. to me i like that you share that because i want people to see that setting boundaries doesn't necessarily mean the end all be all setting boundaries like in your case it can turn out so beautifully because now they're asking now they're Mm -hmm. not taking so much of you like it's not necessarily like hitting a brick wall because now I've set this boundary for myself you know yeah and so it's like it was scary it took therapy (laughs) it took some courage building it took a lot to but I was like oh my god if you do not do this you will literally have nothing you will have nothing. And so I think mentally. Yeah, it does. So I think if, if you um, just sit down, you mentioned earlier journaling, I'm a big proponent of journaling. I don't do it as consistently as I would like sometimes, but I do try to journal frequently. Um, You'll be surprised. You go back and read an old journal entry and you'll be like, (laughs) (laughs) like, well, what was going on in 2016? <laughs> you will look back and be like, wow, wow. Um, so are there any, you mentioned journaling, uh, any other techniques that you would, you know, recommend to people as they're setting boundaries, navigating, enforcing them and, and just move into a different place of peace for themselves? Always keep yourself as a priority. Always, even with my kids, because of women, we're supposed to always put the kids first, Mm -hmm. but always keep yourself as a priority. Because again, if you're drained dry, what do you have to offer? So Mm. when you're setting that boundary, remind yourself, what do I want? Why have I set this boundary? When you're enforcing that boundary, why have I set this boundary? What do I want? It's always Mm -hmm. keeping in mind, what do you want for yourself to live your best life? Yeah. Yeah. Keep yourself priority. Um, 
we did not go here at all, but do you, I know you're a creative and an author. Do you also work full time? No, I did. I came <laughs> from, I came from working community mental health. I worked for years and I realized that for what a lot of us needed, the clients that were coming through, the book text wasn't enough. Mm. And what I could offer them working for an organization, you know, you can only say and do so much. It wasn't enough. So going to therapy, absolutely recommend it. However, sometimes you need that that person that's like a friend that can really tell you, hey, get your shit together. What are you doing? And you have your therapist. So, yes, I worked full time for over 20 years. I've been home gotcha. since January of last year. And it's great working for yourself. <laughs> it's, it's a good stress. It's a good, good. stress. Yeah. And so how did you get the inspiration for your book? <laughs> I think um, I had my baby in May. I was going through postpartum and I was like, I got to get this book out. And it just came. I was like, you got me fucked up. And I just got into somebody that day. I was like, I wanted something that was straight to the point because we got self-help books and sometimes they're two, 300 pages long. I'm like, I'm pregnant. Um, Well, just had the baby. I got my four year old. I don't have the time to sit down and read 300 pages just to get the point that I need. So I made this book short, sweet, to the point, and in a language that we could grasp, understand, relate to, and apply. Mm-hmm. So that that was the goal of this. So you got me fucked up, attention grabber. It, now you can get in the inside and get what you need. Look, it worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're, now we're at the part of the podcast where we do the breakdown. So I'm going to say one word, and you say the First thing that comes to mind. It could be a sound, it could be a phrase, it could be whatever. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Black women. Strong. Me time. I need it. <laughs> Selfish people. Fuck them. People pleasers. Meditate more. Motherhood. A roller coaster. <laughs> Relationships. Beautiful. And last one, communication. Work. Yes. Um, you just briefly, before we wrap up, you just mentioned meditation. How, how often do you meditate? Uh, because my brain often doesn't shut up. It's always on the go. Um, I try at least once a week. I find it easier for me instead of sitting still, quiet, meditating in the shower. Because all you have is the sound of the water. You're literally washing away whatever it is that is bothering you, weighing heavy. You let it go. Imagine it washing down the drain and you've literally released it right there while cleansing your body. It's Mm -hmm. literally like a whole ritual. You're washing it away. So I would say daily then, because I find in the shower, yes, that's that's where the thoughts calm. Slow. Yeah, yeah. I'm always fascinated because it's so many. I think people have this commercialized view of what meditation is. 
And so meditation can be so many things. I'm always fascinated what people's personal meditation practices are. So when you said that, I'm like, oh, how she meditate? <laughs> it's whatever works for you. If it's outside by the tree barefoot in the grass, do it. Whatever, wherever you find your peace, that's where you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is no right or wrong, wrong way. That's Not at all. I just think people should be a little bit more open-minded and, and break free of what it, what it is. Um, and they have some great apps out there to get you used to yes. get you started on calming your thoughts and all that stuff. But meditation can be whatever you want it to be. Y'all. I found the best one for me. I found it on YouTube. It's called um, fuck it. Let that shit go. And it's like a 10 minute meditation on YouTube. <laughs> we yeah. can write that down. And it's literally a calm voice saying, fuck that shit, let it go. I like that. I'm writing that down. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go say that one. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube has everything. It's so great. Yes. It does. <laughs> All right, Tamarisk. If you could tell everyone where they could purchase your book, where they can find you on the internet, social media, anything you want to plug. All right. So for the book. Um, and actually my postpartum care line, you have www.tamariskl.com that takes you to everything. You can find me on Facebook at Tamarisk Lock. You can find me on Instagram at namaste underscore the letter N underscore ish, I-S-H. That's the Instagram handle. Perfect. You do postpartum products? Yes, because I went through postpartum. So um, with some trial and error with the doctors, I created something for myself. I did a whole lot of research, still researching, creating products. So I created massage oils, bath oils, teas, bath soaps, herbal soaks, um, roll-on essential oils, um, things to help with stress, anxiety, um, nice. low mood. So all those things that happen when you have a baby but they're also good for your partners as well as for the entire household. Because when you have a baby, it changes the dynamics of the household. So not just the mother is affected physically, mm-hmm. but the partners are too. Cause a new baby is work. Yes. I love that. I look out. Um, I have a friend who's actually a doula. So I'm going to, uh, Oh, I love that. Yeah. She's, yeah. I always, it's funny because when she was pregnant, I think with her second child, I remember telling her like, oh my God, you should be a doula. Like I would totally hire you for for me if I ever had a kid. (laughs) So now she's doing this. That's dope. But um, I will be sure to link all of that, your Instagram and where to purchase the book in the show notes and on the booniebreakdown.com. So Tamarisk, I want to thank you so much for doing the interview and sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you for having me. All right, that is it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Tamaris Locke on setting boundaries. I hope it was some good tangible takeaways for you to either reestablish, establish, or enforce the boundaries within your life. All right, be sure to support our sponsor, Aaron Condren, and you can use the code RAYCO1010 to save $10 off your first purchase 
of $40 or more. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or any app that you listen to your favorites on. Don't forget to leave those five-star reviews too. You might just hear your review on the next episode. Follow us on all social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make these pretty images for nothing, okay? Have a dope-ass week. Stay healthy, safe, and sane. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratcheting you. Until next time.